Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, September 27, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 57, the second paragraph. It reads, even so has God restored. And we're going to finish up, finish up the uh, chapter, so through two paragraphs. Uh, commenting on those two. So today's readers, we have Tenzin P on the 12 steps and Tanya G on the 12 traditions and the readers of the text are Liz V, Hoodie R, and Susan H. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, September 26th, the 7 a.m. meeting that was 13,447, 13447. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 13,449-13449. We have Amy K. as the newcomer greeter, and Jen A. is going to host the second hour. Uh, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are... We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm now gonna ask uh, Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Tenzin, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. in New York. Um, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day and I pass. Thanks so much, Tenzin. Uh, Tanya, will you read the 12 traditions for us, please? Yes, good morning, Larry. (laughs) Thank you for your service. I'm Tanya G from a compulsive overeater from Louisiana. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our great purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted service servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous ex- except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from a primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, over years anonymous should forever should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level plus press, radio, films, television, and other radio other public media of communications. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tanya. Okay, so here's how our meeting is supposed to work. Um, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. However, there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, uh, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are gonna finish up uh, the chapter, We Agnostics. We are currently on page 57. Liz is going to read the second paragraph, which starts, Even so has God restored, and she's going to finish it up through the two paragraphs. So I will now ask Liz V to begin reading. Hey, Liz, good morning. Hey, Larry. Thanks. That's Liz V 
recovered in North Carolina. Even so, has God restored all us, us all, excuse me, to our right minds? To this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. And um, this is very true for me. Um, I've, I feel like I have had some very spiritual, almost white light experiences, but um, in the restoration of what I think is in my right mind, um, it has been more slowly. And I had a journey. Um, I did not grow up with a religious tradition. And I um, actually was just in my beginnings of OA um, when I decided that I, well, obviously I needed a higher power. And um, I had an outside source uh, tell me to try an exercise where I would just uh, see my favorite color. And whenever I felt like I would call on a higher power, you know, to look around to see if I would, um, could find that color. And lo and behold, it was happening. And it was in places where I couldn't imagine. Even one of the times I was on the way to a meeting, I looked down and there was a yellow line on the side of the road and I had been feeling terribly anxious. Um, but in 2016, um, my relationship with the higher power actually did change more. I mean, I came to believe that there was a higher power that could restore me to sanity. But uh, once I was abstinent and getting recovered, there was a new surrender where um, I truly just began to seek my higher power's will for every single thing in my life. And it was very slow. Um, I used to envision that I was sort of behind, you know, this big SWAT team or something, and I wouldn't make a move, you know, without praying and asking my higher power if it were the right thing to do, from small to large decisions. Um, and that has just grown into this profound change in my life. Um, I definitely have had him disclose himself to me. Um, I need a better word than okay, I say that when I want to explain this relationship, but I have this deep sense that all is going to be well, no matter what um, happens. Um, just tonight, I got home at two o'clock in the morning. Um, a cousin has had a stroke and um, has a blood clot in the brain. And there's still a deep sense that we're all going to be okay um, because I trust so much this higher power. Um, to be present with me. Um, it's when I'm talking to sponsees, I'm praying with them, trusting that higher power comes through me, not lives to them. Um, it has pervaded my whole sense of self. Um, and I'm just grateful for that. And I'll keep coming back. Thank you, Atas. Hey, Liz, thanks for getting us started. So again, uh, Liz read from page 57, the second paragraph, she finished up the chapter. Um, if you haven't shared um, in the past day or so and you'd like to share on the topic, just say your name super loud so no one else can hear the other names. No, just kidding. Who would like to share? Yanita R. Anita B. Anita. Gianna B. Roz. Gianna. Brooke M. Tintin T. R. No, Ginger C. Tenzin P. Tenzin P. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I need to 
clean out my ears here, but I heard Anita, Roz, Brooke, Nessa, Barbara, and Tenzin, and there was someone else, I think, at the top of the list with an N, if I'm not mistaken. But that might have been Nessa. Did I leave someone out there? Deanna P. Um, Deanna. But um, oh. I'm on my way to work. And I know that I probably will run out of time to share, so it's okay. You, Deanna, you won't. You really won't because you're going to go first. And then we're going to go after you. We're going to go to, yeah, you're, you're going to do it. Then we're going to go to Anita, Roz, Brooke, Nessa, Barbara, and Tenzin. And my apologies if I didn't, if I missed you. We'll get you on the next round. Deanna. See, we got you in. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, I just. Man, I love this. I love my drive to work now because I get to listen to this every day, and it's really, really helping my recovery. And I just um, celebrated five months, and I had um, found my sponsor uh, through a vision last week, and I really turned a corner in my program. Um, I'm currently at step six, and... um, I was kind of sitting there um, biding my time with step six. I was having a difficult time with it. And then yesterday, um, in the last few days, as we've talked about our higher power and God, and I, I just yesterday realized I was striving. I was just striving so hard to do this program, um, just like I've always done with my life, striving working hard, perfectionistic, and I just I just felt my higher power say, you just need to let go and let me, and I was just like, ooh, it was like I lost, I lost 50 pounds in my spirit yesterday, and I knew it was working because I went to my local pharmacy, and I don't like going to drugstores because they trigger me, as everyone knows. You have a ton of triggering foods before you ever get to the medicine, which treats the symptoms of eating those trigger foods. Um, but uh, I just I had to go uh, to get a flu shot. And I stood in the lane to check out because I needed some other things. And all of my trigger foods were there. And I was just like, I thought going in, my anxiety was going to be really high. And I literally stood there and looked at the whole counter in disbelief because I literally had no anxiety, no desire. I wasn't fighting. And I was like, oh, my, oh my Lord, oh, my Lord, this really works. It really works. I was standing in my miracle yesterday. And I just wanted to share that with newcomers, that if you're new and it's just really hard, hang in there. It works. And thank you, everyone, for letting me share. Thanks, Deanna. Okay, we have um, Anita up next, followed by Roz. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Anita B. here from New Jersey. And I want to thank Deanna because I didn't want to go first, so I'm really grateful that you let her go. Um, And it's just another uh, way that I see God in my life. You know, is it odd or is it God? you know, I'm struggling with some frustration at work. And when I did a tenth on it last night, you know, where is God in this? You know, but it's not until Anita is completely deflated and 
you know, desperate that I can completely surrender. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that some of us grow into it more slowly, but, but he has come to all who honestly sought him. So I am honestly seeking his will for me today. And, you know, just hearing that first share, I know, or even the second one, I know that he's there for me too. So uh, when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. And I, I, I hope to uh, experience that today. So that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Anita. Okay, Roz, it's your turn, followed by Brooke. Good morning. Hi, Larry. It's Roz G. I, I tried to say Roz G with all the voices coming in, so thank you. <laughs> Happy Friday! Yeah. Um, this is Roz G, compulsive overeater from Windy, Palmdale, California. And um, circumstances made me willing to believe. And, you know, years and years of circumstances really made me willing and you know some of those circumstances were being fat and having digestion problems um, over exercising having to have surgery due to the over exercising twice um, just all the depression and uh, all the fourth step character defects circumstances there uh, relapsing many times humiliation, embarrassment, the deep mangled, the deeply mangled sentence, you know, all of that had to happen for me. Nobody could tell me it had to happen. And I, you know, all the years I listened to people, I used to think, well, that's not me. That's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to let it get that far. Um, but, you know, it really, it did. And I'm glad it did because it, 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 it beat me into the state of reasonableness. And uh, I have um, I have a new uh, or a recent uh, conception of my higher power, which is uh, has female characteristics. Because when I think of you know I'm, you know when I think of him and father, I I have a tendency to to lean towards thinking about my earthly father, who who's cool. You know we have a good relationship and everything, but you know my dad left when I was 19 years old. And my mom has never left me, no matter what. Um, she loves me, no matter what. And, uh, you know, my higher power is kind and compassionate and open, in, open, curious about who I am, always ever present, knows how many hairs are on my head, demonstrates a love towards me, loving, funny. And when I honestly saw those attributes, my higher power is with me all the time. And I have remained abstinent since July the 10th. And I think that's probably the longest time. Even though I've been in OA for a long time, I had a lot of problem with relapsing. And so I do, I do feel a, a, clo a closeness to these new attributes that have been, you know, that I have sat and meditated with. And I do believe that I'm restored to my right mind because I sometimes get those temptations still, but I know what they're going to do to me, and I'm grateful for the directions to follow when those things happen. Ten steps. Very important in my life. Steps two and ten. I've heard 
Harlan say that steps two and ten are the most underused steps, and you know what? They were for me. They were, but now I find myself doing ten steps a lot during the day, and I am being restored to my right mind. What a beautiful way to end this chapter. So thank you for uh, thank you for leading, and thank you everybody for your service, and have a good day. I pass. Thanks, Ross. Okay, we have um, Brooke is up to the up to the mic, followed by Nessa. Good morning, Brooke. Hi, this is Brooke, food addict, exercise addict in New York. Um, this has been a wonderful meeting and a topic that I very much needed to hear because um, I've heard in some shares things that are I'm also struggling with. I'm really struggling with my job right now and feeling, um, you know, demoralized and not respected and I, the only thought I can hold on to is that my higher power has me in this particular job for some reason. Um, this wasn't the job I wanted, but it was a job that kept me financially safe. And so it's I'm working step 12 right now um, in the program, and it's just really comforting to think that I don't have to know everything and more will be revealed and um, you know I can I also can identify like I suffer from depression and I've been waking up every morning really depressed about work and it's hard to get up in the morning and the only thing that helps me fight my way through it is doing my step work and you know, working my program in the first 20 minutes I wake up so that I can actually wake up and deal with the day. And thank goodness I'm able to call this phone meeting and restore my sanity because I feel insane. And the food calls to me, but it like redoubled my efforts on certain aspects of my program. And the food is not really calling to me right now. Um, the depression is, and it's really rough. Um, but I, I really needed the message this morning that God will protect me. God has protected me. God has a plan for me. And, you know, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Things have always been okay when I've worked the program. Um, and I just need to work it. And I'm working it now by looking for a new job. But I probably also need to work it around my attitude towards where I am day to day. And I'm getting pulled off a project. And I just keep thinking to myself, rejection is God's protection because I don't like the people I'm working with. And uh, I've tried and, you know, it's probably a good thing that I'm not around these people anymore. So thank you for the meeting and I'll pass that. Thanks so much, Brooke. Okay, we have Nessa up next, followed by Barbara. Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I want to comment on the uh, concept of when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Because to me, this implies that before God can disclose himself to me, I have to do work. And unfortunately, when I first came in, um, you know, I mean, I've been in program almost 17 years for the first nine years i accomplished nothing nothing no weight loss no real abstinence definitely absolutely definitely no recovery um and i was under the illusion that just by being in the rooms 
that God would disclose himself to me, that I could just offer prayers. And you know, oftentimes I was told, you know, when I had an issue or a problem, I was told, you know, pray about it. Um, when I wasn't willing to give up this or that food, I was told, you know, pray about it. And now I know um, why. And I, I used to think, you know, like this program doesn't work. Um, and now I know why, because I was just working on step 11. But, you know, like prayer is step 11. What happens to steps 1 through 10? You know, I already tried the prayer business, and it didn't work for me. I prayed you know, for four and a half decades that God should allow me to eat anything I wanted in the quantities I wanted and still make me sing. And hey, that didn't work. You know, that's why I was here. Uh, but I didn't know better. And I had, and I had, um, I guess, unrealistic expectations that miraculously was all going to change just because I was offering the prayers inside these rooms. But it says here when we drew near to him and how, how do we draw near to him? We, I, we, drew, we drew near to him by removing all the obstacles, all the things to which we run for, um, for, for the sense of his comfort that should only be coming from God. Um, and the first and obvious thing is the food. Um, and it's, it's got to be all the foods, not just the, 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 the red foods or the black foods. It's got to be the yellow foods and the gray foods, like everything that could possibly be an, an obstacle um, it also means the, the, the food and weight related behaviors, anything that gives me a sense of discomfort has to go for me to draw near to him. And then I got to work the steps because that's also how I open myself up to him by removing the blockages that are um, inside of me, you know, my worldly clamors, my little plans and designs, my selfishness and centeredness, self-seeking, dishonesty, fears. Uh, and it's hard work, you know, if it wasn't hard work, everybody would be recovered. But before God will disclose himself to me in, in, in step 11, I got to work really hard to draw near to him in steps one through 10. And you know what? I did that and I keep doing it every single day. And that truly, truly works. And with that, I pass. Uh, thanks so much, Nessa. Okay. So we have, uh, Next, we have Barbara, followed by Tenzin and then Ginger. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Larry. <laughs> I, I have to pause and just say thank you to everyone. I have never understood or even liked this chapter before. Now I mourn the loss of leaving it, but I'm eager to begin to learn the solution. I have to tell you once again, I am a critical level compulsive overeater who could not manage my life with or without excessive food. I was miserable when I was white knuckled abstinent and I was miserable when I was face down in the food. After a lot of experimentation, gaining and losing hundreds of pounds, I gave up. I did need something outside of me that would save me. I had to admit I was desperate. And I heard at a meeting that I could be saved if I was willing to turn my will and my life over to God. I had to make a decision to do this and take all the reactions, required actions. Oh boy, that decision was not all that easy for me. And taking the actions wasn't that easy either. 
If my car breaks down, I can make a decision to get it fixed. That's a crucial decision, but the decision alone isn't going to get my car fixed. I have to take the action necessary to go there and get it fixed. And that's what I had to do in this beautiful 12-step program. Make a decision and take all the required actions for the rest of my life. Because I will be judged in this life, not by my words, but by my actions. Just accepting in my gut that I truly never regained control was a challenge. And believing and trusting in this higher power was daunting too. But I had no choice, absolutely none. And I do the steps every single day. And I go to a new sponsor and do the 12 steps every single year. Because just like I go to a doctor for a wellness checkup, I need to do the steps. To be, just, to be separated from my desire to gossip, my desire to control you, to accept humbly that I'm no better or worse than you, just equal. And it forced me to stop being intolerant and judgmental. And yes, to finally be neutral around food and to do my best to bring love and light into my heart and the lives of of others. This is a beautiful program. We do this together. It works. Thank you. I pass. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, we have Tenzin followed by Ginger. I will now ask Tenzin to read the 12th. St- oh, wait, wait. No. Hey, Tenzin, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Actually, that, the first thing I was going to say is how beautiful that right after these two paragraphs, we launch into how it works and the, the 12 steps are right there at the beginning of the next chapter. So how beautiful is that? So there are two, at least two, maybe more promises in these tiny paragraphs. How beautiful is that? There is a promise at the end of the first paragraph. He has come to all who have honestly sought him. And then the last sentence, another promise. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Yeah, um, wonderful what others have shared. Um, I also had a lot of trouble with this chapter um, for a long time. And at this point, um, there's all kind of changes happening in me, in, in me that uh, as a result of doing the work of the steps and following, following um, inner and outer guidance in the course of my life, taking action. So um, let's see, in the, God has restored all of us to our right minds. Well, there's two senses, I take that. Right in terms of neutrality with the food, thank you God, and right, and right mind in terms of uh, the second half of the first step, the unmanageability, that's, um, that's happening more slowly, but it is really happening. In my life now, I see and others who know me well point out to me ways that they see the changes and growth. And um, so also in at the end, the first promise at the end of that first paragraph, honestly sought him. So to me, that's about doing the steps. It's about 
a morning practice that I have now where I intentionally ask God, however I understand God, as uh, to be that I may be open to direction um, then and throughout the day. And it's also about taking direction. This is all honestly sought him. It's about taking directions, about making time in a busy life to do the work. And it's about opening my heart more and more. Um, it's not always coming from my head, although using our intelligence is so important as well. But, but I know that it, my heart is opening more. Um, so let's see, I might be running out of time. I guess you'll let me know. Um, I'm experiencing more of a sense of intuitive guidance during the course of the day, you know, but not doing it by myself with the help of that power greater than myself, but also with the support of people who have more experience. And um, I'm taking time to be helpful to people, not only in recovery programs, but also on the street, in the supermarket. And I notice that I'm speaking my truth more. You know, what I always did, um, I stuffed my feelings and I ate over them. So now I see how without anger or defensiveness, I'm learning how to be more present in the world. And that is my wish for all of us as we honestly work these steps. Um, I am more open and so I get to see the Holy, you know, Holy Spirit that's there in the world all the time. It's, it's not that God isn't there, but if I'm not open to what's there because of how my mind and my heart is, then I don't see and can't act on it. So with that, I pass uh, with much love to you all. Thank you. Thanks, Tenzin. <clears throat> okay, after Ginger, we'll um, open it up to more share. Ginger Ale, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Okay, thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. This final sentence, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. And this sentence, I never saw this before, but this is exactly why I think a big part of my relapse went on and I returned to the food over and over for 20 years and away. I never, I never honestly sought him. You know, I got um, in pain. I gained weight, and I wanted relief. I wanted it now. I wanted to feel better. I'd come back into the room and complain about where the, where I was and how I was feeling. But was I seeking? Absolutely not. Not once. Was I dying and desperate? Was I beaten and broken? And most importantly, was I convinced? that I'm a real compulsive overeater. And I wasn't. I was still going to have my cake and eat it too in OA. Somehow, some way, I was going to figure out how to have program and food. And it takes what it takes. And until we're done, we're not done. And then I was brought to a place where only my only thought was suicide. And I was going into my car that would never leave the garage. And I couldn't stop thinking this thought. And then the insane thinking was I knew that if I didn't eat sugar, I wouldn't be suicidal. And I also couldn't stop eating the sugar. And then this day came where I did earnestly seek this power because I didn't want to die and leave my kids. 
And in August of 2015, I did pray. And I absolutely meant it. And it was a very simple prayer. God, help me. And then I heard this voice whisper back, Ginger, you can no longer run. And I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was happening because that's my card. It had been pulled. I've been running my entire life. And then in October, on the 30th in 2015, the fort got put down and my beginning began. And I found a man in whom the problem had been solved and I picked up this simple kit of spiritual tools. I followed them precisely, these clear-cut directions, and thank you, God, I no longer see food as any type of a solution. And the greatest gift, the greatest miracle is happening right now in front of my eyes because my husband went to bed last night with five days clean and clear. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ginger. Okay, you guys, page 57. Um, Liz finished out the chapter, the last two paragraphs there. So um, if you've been perfect the last couple of days, if you'd stand back and let some of us imperfect folks step in. Who would like to share? Anita from Boston. Anita J. Nancy from New York. Nancy P. Anita from Boston. Darian was that do? Yes. No? I know I have Hi, such Duke. a short name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's who I heard, um, I, and we'll see, we'll see if we get through everyone. Katie, Anita, I thought I heard Kim, um, Nancy, Darian, and Do. Um, so let's let's get started with Katie. Hey, Katie. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And for some reason, God has been putting on my heart during all your beautiful shares, this idea of disclosing. I don't like to disclose myself. I don't like to expose myself. I've never thought that relying on anything else would be sexy or, or you know, a good idea. And, you know, I've heard that in order to stop struggling, I have to, you know, not put up a fight. And, the image I get with that is, you know, let's say we're in war, right? And I need to lay down all my weapons, all my weapons. That secret thing that you think is your secret thing is the one thing that I'm not disclosing to God because I'm so afraid to stop playing God, right? That's how I felt about exercise bulimia. I thought if I stop exercising, if I stop leaving work and lying, if I stop controlling my body, then I'm not going to be okay. And that was the one thing that was putting so much space between me and God that by the time I got to like messiness with life, eating was my only solution. It was a step up about from how much I hated myself. And I just love, like, I only have ever gotten honest and only ever sought God honestly when I'm broken down, when I'm on step one, when all the weapons are like, they're gone, they're not working, I can't use them any longer, 
right? And and that because I'm a really hard-headed addict and it takes me a really long time, but thank you, God. Like, I can honestly seek God today and just go to God and be like, here I am. I'm a mess, God. Like, I'm not eating, thank you, God. And I know that you can take this situation and make whatever it is better than anything I could have planned, but I don't know how to do this. Right? Because I have so many weapons against, and fear. And so I love that people are sharing that the only way I've ever been able to disclose myself is to uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not me. I don't even know. I can't differentiate the truth from the false. I don't even know what's not me. I don't even know what my barriers are. Right? And as a, as a recovered woman today, please, God, help me continue to disclose myself to you. Help me continue to, to, to ask myself, what are the prejudices holding me back right now? Like, do I have a God that can take me deeper in every area of my life? Or am I good and recovered and happy and content? Like, I want to continue to go deeper. I want to continue to surrender. As our friend says, she's a one-trick pony. It's all about surrender. You know, thy will not mine be done. And welcome to the newcomer and those who are in relapse. There is so much hope. There is so much freedom. You can disclose yourself too. Join us in these 12 steps. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay, we have Anita followed by Nancy P. Anita, good morning. Good morning. You never sing to me, Larry, but that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. This is Anita J. Recovered in Massachusetts through the grace of this God we're trying to understand here. You know, I love the last sentence. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Because before before OA, um, I had contact. I 16, the first boy I ever dated, uh, thought that I would um, go to hell if I didn't find him. And through a very scary, almost accident, that did it, scared me to death. But that, that I didn't know how to make daily contact. I tried, I tried, and then worldly clamors came, and on and off until OA. And that's where it began to happen, that I realized he had always been there. Always, it had nothing to do with this uh, these terrible things that happened to a little girl, the little girl being me. Um, that's what happens in this world, you know. And but he was always there. He was with my son. He was always there. So I knew this. But how do you draw near? And you know, I began to have a lot of silence in my life. That began to help so so much. And um, Early in the program, I was mad. I was typically me and at my husband at the dinner table. I finally couldn't take it anymore, and I left the room, called my sponsor, who said, I don't have time to talk. Go someplace quiet and ask to get into God's presence. First time I ever did that, I went upstairs. I lay on my bed, and I prayed, praying to have him come near. And um, finally, guess what? The first message he ever gave me, that I heard anyway, was get up and do the dishes. And that was the beginning. Still, it was hit or miss. 
because I didn't have a solid one yet. I didn't have a lot of things. But on and off, he'd give me messages never to save the world, never to run for this or, or that. It was small things like that. And one day he said to me, you're not using all your abilities. And it felt like the admonishment of God. It's, it's um, when you draw near, when Anita drew, drew near, he disclosed himself to me. And I need him right now because I'm in another life change. And, um, you know, I'm taking the step before I really need it, moving into um, one of those independent, you know, independent to assisted. It's, it's the right move. God's told me it is. So, uh, but yet, it's scary. That's why this is the most wonderful sentence the whole chapter is. And with that, thank you all. You're all a wonderful group. You know that? And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Anita. Okay, we have Nancy P. followed by Darian. Nancy, good morning. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Let me just start my timer. So, yeah, I never, ever, ever thought that this was for me, that I was going to have the um, companionship with my higher power that I have. And even as I say that, I'm thinking, are you telling the truth? Do you really have companionship? And because, you know, I spent decades comparing my insides to other people's outsides in the program. I thought, oh, they seem so happy, joyous, and free, and, and they must be recovered because they stay thin. But, um, you know, my mother always used to say, if abstinence is all you have, then you don't have much. And I used to think back, well, easy for you to say, you know, <laughs> like I never had abstinence. And um, I learned in this program that abstinence is the least, it's vital, but it's the least significant part of my recovery because I'm, I'm recovered. So I don't need to worry about that anymore. I don't struggle. I don't fight. The problem has been removed. I'm safe and protected. So the, and the only thing that's going to keep me there is um, walking hand in hand with my higher power. And I was convinced you know, it says it right in the book, and I absolutely believe everything that was in the book, except that I had trouble sort of believing that, that that was ever really going to happen for me. And, you know, it's been a slog for me. I haven't, I haven't like, skipped through, you know, burst through into any kind of awareness. It's really crept up on me, and it's, um, you know, shown itself to me that my relationship has strengthened minute by minute or or incident by incident, you know, <clears throat> other people have shared about letting go of family situations um, and job situations. And, um, you know, I've had, a, I've had two big changes in my life. One is my son gone off to college, that is my firstborn gone off to college, who I was pretty, I am still pretty close with him. And um, the other is I started a new job. And the second of those two things has caused me some anxiety because I've started a lot of new jobs in my life unfortunately I've been I've quit or been fired I've you know they've disappeared because they I was hired precipitously in the company whatever you know like all these things have happened to me and um, right at this very second I'm I'm sitting in my it's actually a gigantic suite in a beautiful hotel on the ocean on Cape Cod on a company off-site meeting and I've pretty much kept my head down and I've only started a week ago and you know but um Last night, the people here are so nice. They, I was, they did a little film and they asked me to do something in it. And so it was a way to 
sort of not so much draw attention to myself, um, but it was a way for people to see who I was without, in a, not in a negative way, you know, no big mistakes or anything like that, not hogging the spotlight or anything. And people have come up to me and hugged me and welcomed me to the company and told me how glad they are, including the CEO. And um, I just am so blessed. And so, you know, I, I'm not a prayer. I don't get, I mean, I try, but I'm not very good at it. Oops, sorry. I'll, um, I'll wrap up. And, um, you know, but day by day, I experience, my spiritual experience shows me. I awakened, and now I'm having experiences. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Uh, thanks, Nancy. Okay, we have Darian followed by Drew. Good morning, Darian. Oh, good morning, Larry. Um, got all these Massachusetts people. It's fabulous. Um, so I'm Darian, um, recovered compulsive overeater from the Berkshires of Massachusetts, and oh, so grateful to be on the line and hearing everybody sharing, and um, just amazed um, how wonderful this chapter has been. I too, like, I wasn't. Um, I think I probably skipped it a lot of times because I said to myself, well, I'm not really agnostic, so like, why bother reading that chapter? <laughs> I just skipped it. And boy, did I miss out on a lot of stuff, a lot of very deep, meaningful information that I can so relate to. Um, so thank you, everyone, for digging deep and going through it slowly and methodically and um, you know, just helping me to understand piece by piece what it all means. I'm just so grateful, you know, that I let God into my life. And, you know, um, addiction and, um, and, um, and some days it's just as easy as taking a breath um, because There are so many involuntary things that happen to our body that we don't have to think about. And I just know that, you know, I equate that to my higher power. It's just sometimes I just don't even have to really think about it. I just need to breathe and, um, and just know that my higher power is with me and in me. And, you know, I was part of this um, thing at work where we learned about CVIs, which are something, something to do with, the, um, with how you see things, children that see things um, who've had tra head traumas and strokes and things. And, and they don't see things clearly. There's no outline. There's no clarity to what they see. And they have to learn to know or do, have, make, get strategies to learn what, what they're seeing. And, you know, I could equate it to myself before program. As I things were blurry for me. I didn't always see the good. I didn't always see the sunshine. I didn't always see God's handiwork. You know, and today I do. I really, really do. And you know, I drive through these gorgeous mountains in the Berkshires, and I'm just in awe of the beauty that God creates. And I would not see that if I were in the food. I'd be like, ah. Oh, I just had breakfast, and now what else can I eat? You know, so um, I'm just so grateful, and thank you all for being out there for me, and um, have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Darian. Okay, do good morning. You're up. Good morning. Good morning. Grateful to be here. Um, do recover compulsive reader from New York. Um, just, uh, I, I was thinking about this this morning. It says, 
you know, what is this but a miracle of healing? And what is the miracle that I do not have to eat today, even if I would? Um, God has restored my sanity. That is the miracle. But then it says that circumstances may be willing to believe. What were their circumstances? You know, I was tore up from the floor up and wrecked up from the neck up. I was in that food and I could not put it down, not even to save my life. And that's what God helped me to do. You know, I had to do my part. I had to co-create with this power and do my part to put down the food first. And then, you know, look at the elements. What are the elements that are simple, but yet I tend to complicate them? You know, the, 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 the elements are first, I need to put down the food. I need to be entirely abstinent. You know, what does that look like for me? Am I honest about the things that I'm putting in my body? Am I honest about how it's triggering me in my body? Am I, am I being in tune to that allergy <clears throat> and being able to put that down? The second element is, <clears throat> am I willing to lay aside my prejudice? Am I willing to let go of my ideas that are killing me? Because not just the food, it's also the mental obsession. My ideas, my faulty thinking that leads me back to thinking I could be my own higher power and that I could orchestrate things. When I could, I'm willing to submit to something greater than myself, whatever that conception is, then I get, I, I commence to get results. You know, it says it's a guarantee that I get results. Then I have to make a decision and turn my will over to this power greater than myself. And that's where we're at, right? And when I do that, the result is that God restores my mind. Who better else should take care of the mind than the one who created it? You know? Hey, do I think we lost you there. Well, we we have a couple of minutes. Would someone like to take a share? My apologies. Hello. We kind of broke up. Laura, right are you? Laura, yeah. would you would you can finish you, us up in a few minutes? Yeah. Thanks, Larry, and thanks to everyone who's uh, providing service today. This is Laura M. Um, walking in recovery one day at a time in Southwest Missouri. You know, there was a couple of words from this reading that really stood out to me: revelation and disclose. And those two words, when they swirl around in my head, they, they also bring to mind God as I understand him and uh, come to believe. And all of that comes together to, that, and the teaching that I have received over my time in 12-step is there is a higher power out there. My higher power has always been out there. I just didn't understand. I wasn't in a place where um, I was ready for that understanding to be disclosed. And through the work of the steps, little by little, step by step, page by page, conversation by conversation, I am drawing near to that which is already and always has been there. Um, I'm the one that's opening my eyes. I'm opening my heart. I'm opening my understanding. Um, I really didn't understand what agnostic meant before studying this book. Um, I think I just really dismissed that word because I, I regularly walked into a building that was a gathering of particularly minded 
um, spiritual people, so I thought that meant I was a believer, but it really didn't. I really was an agnostic, but with this program, I'm having that revelation. I'm having that disclosure, and the most exciting thing for me is as beautiful as my relationship with my higher power has grown to be today that I know that there is infinitely more available as long as I continue to be open, I will get more revelation and more disclosure. Uh, and I, I wish everybody a beautiful day of revelation. A pass. Thanks so much, Laura. Appreciate you wrapping us up there. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, which is September 27th. And that share ID is 13,451. That's 13451. So now uh, we will close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, Hoodie, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Hoodie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.